my thing is that it's all about whatever you're doing, you've got to somehow try and make it fun. And particularly work, you've got to be having fun when you're at work because if you're having fun, people are learning, the kids are having fun, and it's going to be memorable. You're listening to the Augmented Learning Podcast and Video Log. Stories from inspiring educators, leaders, and influencers who are challenging the status quo. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With the ability to track student progress and quiz results, data provided by My Study Series ensures teachers remain informed of how well their students are performing. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Kia ora everyone and welcome to episode 49 of the Augmented Learning Podcast and Video Log, where you're able to grow, learn and develop by accessing high quality PLD when you need it most. I'm your host Carl Kongalif and today we're talking to Dale Sidebottom from Energetic Education. I love books. I love reading them, listening to them, recommending them and giving them away. I love the story that is woven in your imagination when you read them and I love that there is nothing you can experience in life that somebody hasn't already experienced before you and written about in a book. Another person that shares my passion for books is Dale, and he's no stranger to the podcast or the work I do, and I'm fortunate enough I get to learn from him and work with him in some form or another every single day. We decided to do something different this time around, and that was record a podcast episode about our passion for a good book. We share our thoughts on five or six books that aren't necessarily educational focused, but can give great life lessons that will still be applicable in the classroom. Through the books we share, Dale and I dove into a number of themes throughout the episode, including productivity, mental health, happiness, goal setting, and philosophy. Hey, well, welcome to the podcast. Carlos, my pleasure. So, uh, how was your how was your flight in? Yeah, really good, mate. It was a nice early start at two thirty a.m. So, um, thanks for booking my flights, mate. Very excited to be here, but uh, yeah, it's been a, a long day of uh, sort of fading. So, I think I just muffled my words to start with already. I've, I haven't been drinking, guys. It's uh, called jet lag, and I'm a little bit uh, a little bit tired. Yeah, uh, you left that beer in the fridge, by the way. Man, I, don't, I don't think I need it, mate. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the office? Really enjoy office, mate. It's uh, I, I talk about this a lot. Um, obviously, where yourself, I think it's really important to have a space that is work zone, and then obviously where you live that you keep it separate. So um, I think this is a perfect size. I really like it. You got your decked out your Lego, the posters. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's really good, mate. I think you've done really well. Yeah. So for those those listeners who who don't know, I used to do all of my recording, any of my video creation on driving to school, which is only five minutes away. But a lot of these interviews happen late at night, so having a drive and set up and pack down and come home, it, it just didn't work. So we renovated, turned this laundry into um, a nice little office. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. It's all it's all you need. Yep. Yeah. And you had your first experience of Wellington on a plate, burger on a plate tonight? What did you think? Yeah, really nice. Pulled pork uh, roll. 
It was uh, quite sloppy, but uh, the flavour was really nice. Um, I enjoyed that. I've never gone to an airport to eat and then leave. So that was – I actually spent quite a lot of time in the airport and I like when I leave. I've never voluntarily gone to have a burger there. So that was ticking an item off a bucket list I never thought I had, but uh, it was nice. Yeah, I don't I don't think it was designed for that in mind, but um, <laughs> we canvassed the local area for, for burgers that look good and um, – for those of you not in Wellington, they've uh, Ridges have set up a new hotel, and it's called. Uh, they have a restaurant called Whiskey Lima Golf, um, which was uh, I thought it was really nice. It was, but like you said, it was. It's not really designed for people to well, park uh, down the road because they don't want to pay for airport parking <laughs> and walk ten minutes. To I think. There. I think just because obviously um, I live an hour away from the airport in Melbourne, and. Uh, the last thing I'd ever want to do. I don't think you could park close to Melbourne Airport anyway, but um, I thought it was really nice, mate. It was, it was something different. I really like Wellington, that aspect. It's uh, The airport's right in the middle of town. It's cool. You see the planes come in, even though it's quite windy sometimes, like he was on the big bus today. But, uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to those little ninja planes when it's quite windy, mate. That's not my sort of cup of tea for fun. So the purpose of this episode and <coughs> – excuse me – I don't know how long it'll go, maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I don't know. It doesn't matter, really, to be honest. But we were talking about books uh, because books are something that both of both you and I really value in our lives. And I'll tell a little bit of a story, um, and I, I tell this to my kids all of the time. The key to life, and I got this from – I don't know if I've told you the story. The key to life – there's two keys to life. Cool. Oh, I heard, I heard Will Smith – explain this to a bunch of kids at the Nickelodeon Awards in like 1990-something. Exactly. There's two keys to life. The first key to life is running because when you run, you have this little voice in your head saying, stop, don't, I'm too sore, we need to stop, I can't breathe, my muscles are sore, you just need to stop. So the first key to life is running because if you can tell that little man, if you can shut that little man in your head up and overcome him, then you can achieve anything. So that's the first key to life. From the Fresh Prince. Yeah, that Will Smith, not in his Fresh Prince get up, more of his successful actor. Keep going. <laughs> and the second key to life is reading, because there is nothing that you've experienced in life that somebody hasn't experienced before you and put it in a book. So true. So reading and running, keys to life. And I suppose what you're saying there is that to get a book published is really the hardest thing to do. So people aren't going to hold back on anything they say. They are putting... They're going all in, lay down Mazair, whatever you want to call it for any card games out there. They are putting the best part of anything they know they've done, their experiences into that book because they want to get it published. They want to make sales. So you're learning the secrets from the best in the world, mm. all right? And not only that, the stories, some of the most amazing stories. I know that's what a couple we'll talk about today. Um, I'm really big into story and I love learning through it and, um, I just think it's such a level up as well that really it's really gratifying, but then it's also like, wow, so many things are happening in the world and um, it really sucks you in. I just I just love that aspect of it. Can you tell us about your – you share yours first, your reading routine and yeah. you share mine. Yep. So um, I do quite a lot of driving um, and uh, I, I do enjoy listening to podcasts, uh, particularly yours, Carl. I think it's a very good podcast. 
But a uh, <laughs> little plug for you there, mate. So um, driving along, there's not really a lot you can do. So um, I get sick of listening to radio. Music's great, but I listen to that a lot during the day when I'm doing certain things. So for me, Audible has been game-changing. I used to buy a lot of books on uh, iTunes, but buying some books are like $30, $40, you know, and I'll listen to that in a week or two weeks. So it wasn't really financial for me to keep doing that. Now Audible's come along, and for those that haven't used Audible before, it's next level uh, like seriously unbelievable and i love it the subscription because each month you get a new book so you've got to listen to that book because you want to get onto the next one so it actually makes you read books um so i probably spend two hours a day in the car every day um and if i'm not making calls and particularly i drive quite early in the morning no one's up or at night and i'm pretty tired so the best thing for me is i just love love listening to my books or the only other rule is I'm not allowed to listen to a book unless I'm outside walking, walking my dog or just walking myself because I'm a huge believer in just walking. It's one of the most amazing things you can do. And I do like, I know you're big into walking too, Carl, but I do like sometimes just going walking without anything going on in my head. Um, but a lot of the times driving and walking is when I can really enjoy doing what I'm doing and taking in the books um, that I just wouldn't have the time to do. Mm. Yeah. So that's mine. I, I, I don't know what yours is. I, I, Yours is a little bit different, I suppose, because you live, you don't commute like I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very, I'm very thankful I don't have to commute. But in the same time, I, I think you can be really, um, you can, you can time hack your commute if you are very uh, innovative about your time and, and the way you approach that. But I, I don't commute. I, I live. I, I think I've, my record for getting to school is three minutes. I think <laughs> I've broke a few laws doing that, but if I had to. Three minutes to school, which is which is nice, and it means I'm focused on the family is nearby, and I drop my children off at kindy and school, and that's amazing being able to do that. Uh, but I, I don't commute, so my 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 reading routine is similar to yours. I, I listen to a lot of, and all the purists right now be going, well, that's not reading, and fair enough. But I, I, I agree. I, I think I disagree. And I think it's, you're still reading. You're still taking in that well, content. That's I'm a challenge. I'm probably, probably taking in better than when I am reading. I don't uh, know. No, I don't feel that way. Well, I, that's... I try to, if I'm going to read a book, as long as I take away one solid gem from it, yeah. I read a lot of self-improvement. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about some of that stuff soon. Um, then I'm, I'm happy. And if it's a, if it's a fiction book, no worries. Uh, that's can keep you engaged. Um, the story yeah, aspect. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, I, I listen at the moment. I'm training twice a day, so that's almost two hours where I'll listen while I train. If I'm in the gym and I'm out doing a walk, I'll listen to my audio books. And um, I, I, you know, I'm I'm very driven in the gym, so I don't need music. Pump myself up. I'm happy to listen to a book. And then I also uh, in the mornings I set my alarm for six a.m. and I get up in the first half hour of my day is reading from my Kindle or from a physical book. Okay. Um, and I have a few books on the go uh, and just whatever I feel like that morning I'll read. And then after that I do my meditation and mindfulness. So um, that's that's my approach. Um, I really value reading. I value um, learning. I, I'm I epitomise lifelong learning. It's something I hold very dear and trying to uh, improve my skill set and my knowledge around certain things. Um, And I also, from an educational perspective, one thing I'm starting to realise a lot is that 
we, we, we have to do a lot of professional reading. We should do a lot of professional reading. If you're not doing any professional reading, then I want to say shame on you, but I'm not going to say that because we need to be reflective practitioners. We need to be inquiring and doing that sort of thing. But have you tried reading educational literature, <laughs> research? Oh, bores your brains out. It does. So what I'm re- realizing lately is that there is so much learning to take from non-educational literature yep. that can be placed into the classroom. So yeah, true. Yeah, real powerful. Yeah. Um, so for people who aren't reading, I, I encourage you to jump up, sign up to Audible. Or even Get the free book. Yeah, there's a free book. Even even a thing called Blinkist. Um, yep. There's yep. a few of those now that summarize a book into 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I know that's another, another subscription. I started doing that because I was like, oh, I lose interest in some of these self-improvement books, but I want to still get the main sort of points. And if I like that, then I'd go and get the full book and listen to it because it doesn't spoil it for you. No. It just sort of gives you a – it's like yeah. a, it's like watching a movie trailer yeah. and you go, well, I want to watch that movie now. What's well, exactly the same as, you know, getting a, a book review, like a summary, I think they're called, um, and Blinkers do that really well. And then you can obviously go and get the full book on Audible. So that, that's a, another one. As you said, you've got nothing to lose. Um, I actually uh, I actually just started a book club. Um, I don't even know if I've told you this, Carl, but um, we have three of my mates that uh, we don't see each other a lot now because we have busy lives and so forth like that. So um, I wanted to not just catch up and go to the pub or, you know, go to a sports game or something like that. So each month one of us picks a book. You've got to read that book and then whoever – uh, pick that book has to host a night, cook a three course meal. Um, yeah, when? Why have you not told me about I just, this? I, I haven't. I don't know. Um, anyway, I I did it, and so three course meal, different beer or wine to suit each course. So I put a lot of thought into it, um, and then we sat down and we reviewed the book, and I had questions, and we went through it, and um, it was it was a really nice sort of thing to do. So it's awesome. Yeah, it was really, and like there's only four of us. <laughs> And the last couple, uh, I haven't been around, so we um, have put it off, put it off, put it off. So after this trip, when I get back from New Zealand um, on the Saturday night, where uh, Saturday afternoon, yeah, I've got the the next one. So I'm gonna start up the local Wellington chapter. There we go. Good club. Perfect. And what what people don't realise, and I know you you don't. When I told you this, you scoffed at at what I said. But uh, so Audible have this great listener guarantee, and often you might spend your credit on a book yeah and it's not what you thought it was and they have this great listener guarantee where you can return any book and exchange it which is essentially makes it like a library but i mean you, what you mentioned has its merits that are you taking money out of an author's pocket by yeah. returning a book so but it's good to know that it's well I, i've done it twice and that's because i couldn't i couldn't listen to the book because i couldn't i couldn't listen to the voice yeah so, like, it, it doesn't matter. I, I physically couldn't do it. But I haven't returned another one. Um, <laughs> you're probably thinking about it now, though. I was thinking about the other tape. But, um, yeah, anyway, do you want to – let's get into that uh, first book. And Yeah, so so the, well, well, the purpose of this is we've got – Dal and I have got a couple of books to share that have been uh, – have, have had a bit of an impact on our lives. Um, and we're going to start with one that we've both read, and then we're going to talk about uh, ones that have been significant for us. I think Dale's books uh, will have a lot more meaning than some of mine that I'm going to share, which are more yeah, but uh, self, think, self-help focused. Yeah, but, but they, you know, it's the beauty of uh, books that everybody's different. But there's there's a book out there's for you. 
thousands of books in your category. It's, it's insane how many books there are. Oh, I know, I know. And so this first book is is one that you kept on harping on for me to read. I think maybe three times. Yeah. I said, stop doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And just get this. And, and I picked it up, and this would be probably the only book that I would say. Uh, don't read the physical copy. Listen to it yeah. because uh, it's called I Will Always Write Back uh, and it's by the authors Martin Gunder. Who, Martin Gunder. Who's one of the characters and Caitlin Alfarinka. And so they are basically middle school or intermediate students and they have this opportunity to create some pen pals. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's basically their interactions and their stories and letters to, to one another. But the, the audible version is narrated by two stunning characters um, and they do a really good job yeah. of painting a picture um, of the two contrasting cultures. Yeah. yeah. Tell, us, tell us what you think about the book. Well, for, for me personally, I, I'm a big believer in uh, that traveling is the, the greatest gratifying thing you'll ever do and particularly uh listening from new zealand and australia you know like we are some of the luckiest people in the world to be able to call ourselves you know from our countries what we have been brought up in um when you travel through asia and then some of i've done a lot of traveling through africa and things like that and um the poverty you see it just really makes you reflect and think how grateful you are for everything you've got um and that's what this book does um you've got caitlin who is a pretty well-off child in america and martin gander who lives in a tiny probably the size of this office um with a sheet through the middle of it and there's two families all right and then that's a single bed on each side mum and dad in the bed a kid two brothers or sisters on the floor then underneath the bed is where martin gander and his brother sleeps and like there's no power they cook outside in a fire and when it rains like they sleep underwater like it's the slums of the slums and like where they're living i've been to kenya a couple of times and some of these slums are huge and i couldn't even imagine what it would be like and um as the story goes on it's just amazing amazing that the things Caitlin's talking about um, and compared to Martin are talking about, like it's just, it was, I, I just love seeing the way Caitlin started to figure out, you know, that she was so like ungrateful for things and that the the petty things like issues she was having with her friends, Martin's family couldn't eat. They couldn't afford to go to school. Whereas Caitlin was hating going to school because she had to, whereas Martin's family were trying to do anything to get him there. It's not even like what she was, and we're, we're not going to uh, ruin anything from this book, uh, but we're just trying to share how powerful we felt it was. It's not even like the things that she was dealing with at school they were normal, just what a normal, we're not saying, ah, oh, she's so petty. No, she, she was just normal teenage things. But that's, so that's why, and I said to you, mm. I think all high school kids, you seven, eight or nine, should have to read this book yeah. because it's such a level up. You know, like we think, and, and they are probably big issues for us, but when you think about what other kids same age around the other side of the world are going through, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, just it's insane. Yep, so Caitlin begins realising or starts picking up on things. Yeah. And and Martin does a really good job of um, not emphasising his struggles. And that's why it probably took her so long yeah. to realise. But when she starts realising, she starts uh, understanding that 
uh, almost the power that she has to be able to help him and support him. And then the story from there is just all about um, trying to help him achieve his goals. And he has some pretty ambitious goals for somebody to come from where he was. Um, amazing story. I'm saying, like, I, I, I think I cried three times throughout it, like, while I was listening. I remember twice walking my dog two different occasions. Like, I had tears running down my face. And then the last one I remember, it was really early in the morning, I was driving into work, and I, like, I was just bawling. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing? And I didn't want it to finish. Yeah. Oh, no, you cried too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was I was on the treadmill. City fitness. Like the treadmills, they park you right up in front of a wall so no one could see and the treadmills are right at the front. Um, I I heard from Celia Flex, so she she read the book on our recommendation and she said that she was getting to her destinations and wouldn't turn the car off. She'd just sit and yeah. listen and keep listening. Uh, it's unbelievable, yes. Yeah, so I'll always write back and I think you have played links for these books yeah, in your show notes. I'm actually um, – I will have – I mentioned the um, – this, how I see the power of some of these non-educational books having influence or ability to um, build capability in the classroom. Um, so I'll attach a bit of a book list where I'm yeah, cool. creating on the site that will people can there'll be a bit of a summary around these books. Um, yep. So that's one that's definitely I, I think is probably not going to help you in the classroom, but it's going to paint a picture of the contrasting cultures and maybe it would be a good book for one of your students if, yeah. you're, uh, if you're an English teacher or something like that. Well, I think it be might be a good book for a student that, you know, might be going through a bit of a rough time or something like that mm-hmm. just to, you know, maybe really step back and think about some of the issues they're having or if you've got a couple of kids bickering or bullying, I think it'd be, I don't know, I, I think it's just got a lot of scope um, and could have huge impact. Yeah. So what's the what's the first book? I think we've got two books each. Yeah. I've kind of got three, but you can have two. Yep, okay. It's my I'll, podcast. It's your podcast, mate. <laughs> um, so the my first book, um, I actually read this at the start of the year. Um, I was uh, with my fiancé. We went travelling through South America, um, and there was a few, like, days on airports. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Appreciate Um, And so there's a few days and obviously spending a long time with your partner that sometimes you just don't want to always chat to them. Not saying that, Bri, I love you and it's fantastic. But um, so I I went through this book and I listened to it quite a lot. Um, It's by, it's called Delivering Happiness and it's by uh, the the guy's name is Tony Shea and he's the creator of Zappos, which is, for those people not not aware of this, is a company in America that... um, really was a pioneer of online shoes. And um, the big message around this for me was that uh, Tony was a serial entrepreneur. He started a company when he was 20 with a mate or something around advertising online, sold that for a like $200 million or something like that, ridiculous, um, and he, but then he wasn't happy. Like money wasn't making him happy. He needed something that he felt passionate about and driven about and a bit of a purpose, um, and then he really got into this online shoes, and it was, it was called Zappos, and it was like delivering happiness. So they he prided himself on the customer experience so that they were like one of the first people that ever did like free shipping or free returns and they never had um, call centers. So his thing was that people just need to be able to answer any question any time of the day. So random people would just ring up and say, oh, where should I go for dinner in New York tonight? And they would tell them. So they had this amazing customer service experience. And the one thing I loved about it was that Tony Shea and and as the company grew, because it grew quite quickly, his thing was that it was all about work 
like happiness and not only that like you just said there but staff continually working on themselves and um, they are huge libraries of a lot of the um, self-help books and motivational books and things like that and they actually had to take time out of their day each day to read a book or go to a course or do something for each other they started these random acts of kindness and I know we talk about this sort of stuff a lot anyway what happens was is that I think they ended up getting acquired by Google but the whole thing and why Google bought them out was that uh, Google Amazon I can't remember off the top of my head but the thing was that they would buy them out, but they wouldn't change. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. yeah, they wouldn't change anything, and then Tony had to keep running it because the culture that they had built was they like no other. They wanted that culture. They wanted some of that into what they were doing. So the one thing I loved about that is that the money isn't going to make you happy. Finding a purpose in life and being passionate about something would, and not only that, upskilling people and providing a service that makes other people happy will in turn make you happy. So I think that particularly as teachers or educators, whatever we're doing, if we're loving what we're doing and we generally want to make our students' days better or lives better, it's going to reflect on us a lot better. Um, And, yeah, I just think you could really adapt that or take a lot of the messaging to whatever you're doing. Um, And you you read that, didn't you? Yeah, I read that. I I remember it's Amazon because I recall – being at the airport in Auckland and hearing um, about the interview with Jeff Bezos yeah. and how the, the everybody was panicked because they were being bought out and it was going to be the end, but it was because they were acquiring them for their culture yeah. because of yeah. what they built up. And that's pretty cool. You look at Amazon, that mm. I don't think they really need anyone else's culture. They're probably doing something pretty good, mm. but it just shows, you know, if you really focus on core values and that that's what it was. It wasn't about the money. It was about the customer experience and making it so good that they wouldn't go anywhere and they repeat through repeat business was through the roof. Yeah. You talked about, you talked about happiness and our students. What about building happiness among staff, particularly in a secondary school where everybody is so siloed um, even more so for a physical educator, which a lot of my audience are yep. often the gym away from the main block, away from the staff room. What's the key to happiness in an environment like that? Do you think around been in that position to impact or build connections with other learning areas, teachers from other learning areas, because it just seems. Yeah, because I, I do a lot of workshops now with full schools, particularly high schools, and there's such a divide from different faculties because people don't really go to the staff rooms anymore. They just stick to their own. Yeah. Um, so my thing is that it's all about whatever you're doing, you've got to somehow try and make it fun. And particularly work, you've got to be having fun when you're at work because if you're having fun, people are learning, the kids are having fun, and it's going to be memorable. Whereas if you're not and it's a grind, then you really need to look at that because that's not going to be impactful. The students aren't going to remember it. You're not enjoying it, and they're probably not either. And it's just a snowball effect, and it probably gets worse and worse the longer you leave it. So if you're not investing the time in yourself, like – I know you do this, I do this, but you've got to do things for yourself in the morning, I feel. You set your day up that way. I know we we want our students to come in and learn and be on and, and take everything in. Well, we've got to be the same, and you've got to set that up from the moment you step into that classroom. So for me, happiness comes down to a routine and putting the work into yourself, but then also whatever you're doing, you've got to make it fun. So it, it doesn't matter what lesson you're doing, 
If you're laughing, people are going to remember that. If they're smiling, they're going to remember that. They're not going to remember just sitting there, chalk and talk, writing it down. That's not going to have any impact. It's not going to help them be lifelong learners. So you need to find a way for you to enjoy it because then that will be infectious and the students will enjoy it. And I know it sounds, oh, how do you do that? Well, that's what you just need to keep trial and error because when you do make it fun, the days are awesome. We've got the best job in the world. But if you don't put that time in or invest in ways to get that happening, then, yeah, it, it is hard. Your happiness, you probably won't have it there. And you, you'll be looking at the clock and it's probably stopped. You know, so um, it's like anything. The harder you work at something and the more time you put into it, the happier you'll be and the better results you'll get. Mm. Oh, good summary. Good summary. Yeah, and, and I like that book and um, I thought it was really interesting. I, I dug around uh, a bit of Zeppo's history after oh, yeah. reading that. And yep. it was quite interesting, their approach and their innovation and how they um, really, on the start, were challenging the status quo of... Big time. Because they were, um, if I recall correctly, they, with their shoes, they were taking orders and then they would run to the store down the road and grab the shoes. When they started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, that was so they, cool. they started an online business with no, yeah, no nothing. They started the business as a middleman. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but then I'm, I just love reading these books and hearing the stories because yeah. you, you only see the big companies you know, again bought out by Amazon, yeah. hearing what they've gone through. And uh, I just think it's cool. Yeah. Like, who would think to start an online business where you go and buy the shoes off someone else and resell them? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's crazy. Yeah. yeah so um, that was my first one on the list. What was. Uh, uh, so I. I've, I'm going to talk on two books because they kind of fit in the same genre. Now, I um, I love if – if you want to get me excited, chuck me some uh, – something to do with productivity. That, that really gets me going. Um, let's talk – I have a busy life. I'm a busy life. I'm a teacher. I'm an HOD. Um, I, I've recently been appointed um, a cross-school lead teacher for our community of learning, well uh, which is awesome. Thank you. Uh, I also um, run a business that has maybe five or six brands beneath that. Um, part of that involves looking after multiple clients and building out stuff for them. So I'm really busy. I have a young family. I have a four and a six-year-old. I have a lovely wife. Um, so uh, I have a lot of things to do and only 24 hours in the day to do it so any anything that uh for me is going to be some sort of not time hack but something that's going to make me more efficient um really really gets well, I, me i know going. it must mean something to you when you walk around pack and save today and you're carrying it i was like, <laughs> I was just, like is this guy serious <laughs> so dale's referring to my bullet journal which i'll talk about in a sec but for the first book i, I want to mention is is a, is a book by a guy called Grant Cardone. Now, if you've come across Grant Cardone, he's a very interesting fellow and he's disliked by many people. But his book, The 10X Rule, um, is, is fascinating. And when I launched my business, I read this book and something clicked for me. Uh, something, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, I realized I have this had this ability to take massive amounts of action. And I started learning that the only way to achieve anything is to be taking massive amounts of action. And what we do in life is we set goals, um, but we tend to set them far too low for ourselves. And when we set low goals, we achieve them easily with very little effort and we don't um, take much satisfaction from those goals. So the, the 10X rule basically is um, set your goals 10 times higher than what you 
initially thought you might like to set it and then put 10 times the effort in. And he talks a lot about um, action, taking massive amounts of action and how as a society uh, we, we fall into a couple of categories, those that take massive amounts of action and those are the people that are successful, those who take um, less than normal or no action and those are the people who are maybe not so successful going through a lot of challenging times and then you've got this the, the status quo who people who are taking average amounts of action and and that's really dangerous because that's just enough action to think you're doing well but you're really not you're just kind of going along this straight and narrow some path. people just they're scared to fail and they yep, think that's yep. the safe zone. Yep. And I think that just comes down to vulnerability. People don't yeah. want to be vulnerable or put yep. themselves out there because the old tall poppy syndrome, we shoot them down. Yep. And when you see someone doing something, they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. I might fail here. Or maybe I shouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it comes yeah. down to. And we see that in schools all the time. It's really common, particularly in my school. Uh, we have a sporting event called McKevity Shield and um, – we have leave a lot of points in the stands because people don't want to fail in front of their peers, and that's and that's really sad. And and one thing he touches on a lot is is success, and we success is not finite; it's infinite. Like we look at people who have a lot of money or who have a lot of success, a lot of wealth, whatever, however way you describe or imagine wealth to be for you. For some people, it's money. For some people, it's materialistic. For some people, it's having no job and being able to spend all the time with your family. Whatever you consider success to be you can have it it's not finite it's not limited to one person and he says that success is his duty his obligation and his responsibility and if you're not framing it like that then you're really just not a lot of what I do is about self-improvement and getting better and better and better and better and when I get better my family is better off my children are better off I'm putting them in a better position so this for me uh, changed my life in two ways it made me realize that uh, I was setting my goals far too low it, I could see that if I set them higher I was going to work harder um, and when I started doing that and taking more action I started to see more success in, in everything I did um, more success with my family more success at school more success in my business life um, and I read that book I've probably read it six times in the last two and a half years Yep. Um, maybe every three months I'll pick it up and, and give it a read. I've read the paper copy. I've listened to it. Um, if you can get over Grant's southern accent. Um, it is yeah. pretty It's pretty thick. Yeah, yeah, it is. Good book. Good book. Yeah. yeah have you read it? Yeah, I've read it. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. Um, I've, for me personally, I've never really had any issues with setting really high goals mm. and just going about and getting it done. Mm. Um, so for me, I try and do that. I'm sort of operating that sort of space anyway, where I'll probably try and do five, 10 times more than anyone else is doing anyway, yep. just because that's what I like doing. Um, but I, I do agree with everything you said. Um, mm. And the one thing you just mentioned there, that if you want something bad enough, you can get it. And I don't think you need a book to tell you that, but that's sort of the principle of it. And the other thing is that uh, I'm quite lucky. Well, you're lucky because you put the hours in or you're lucky because you're making yourself lucky, you know, and I think that's sort of what the main sort of message I got out of that. The harder I worked, the luckier I got. Yeah, that's yeah, a, a cliche quote, but it, it actually is true. Yep. Yeah. And the second book, I'll only touch quickly on this, um, is the bullet journal method. 
The by, Pirate Save Journey. By yeah, so what it is is it's oh, oh I love the the book is uh, ah, I, I listened to the audiobook and then I was halfway through it and I jumped onto Mighty App and purchased the book and it arrived the next day. And then that night I purchased two doc journals. Um here's my other one here, a green blue one and a purple one. That's my Oh new one ready to go. Yeah, ready to go. Nice. Sort of. Um so it's it's a it's a dot a dot page book, basically, and, and what the bullet journal is, it's a non-linear, modular system to track your past, order your present, and plan your future. Uh, and it is a system that seems to have a bit of a cult following for the the opportunity it provides to be really creative, mm. um, but in terms of I'm um, very system driven, uh, so it, it gives me a system that I refl- I, I plan out what I need to do at the end of the day, what I need to do the next day. And then I reflect on that in the morning. And as, as well as having that plan there, I'm able to record things that happen during the day. I do my long form journaling in there. Um, you, you basically, it's non-linear because whatever new spread you have, you can put anything there and you have, um, you know, you have your order, you have your contents at the start of the book, so you just flip to wherever you need to be. Uh, I, I, I have a to-do system, or I had a to-do system. I had productivity journals, um, but this just blew my mind, and I've been using it the day after I started reading the book, and I love it. I swear by it. And yes, I was walking around pick and save today, making sure we didn't forget anything off the supplies. Um, so if you're somebody that is looking for some sort of system that is going to help with your productivity, the bullet journal method by Ryder Carroll, um, and the book is this, this matte, soft to touch book with these beautiful yellow illustrations. Oh, well, that's one, one thing I like really like about it is it sort of, it's like a journal for play. It's a really sort of creative and um, you're just showing you some of the, particularly Google images around bullet journaling. And I really uh, yeah, like like how creative some people are. I can um, sort of use that mindfulness there because you can tell when people are really into their journal, they're not thinking about anything else. They're present and in the moment. So for me, I thought that's pretty cool. Um, personally, I haven't tried one. Um, I It might work for me, um, but it's working for you. So it's like anything you – Test and trial to find something that works really well. I am going to go and buy a new uh, a new bullet journal, and I'm going to build a course on an educational based bullet journal approach. Uh, because Did I, you I, explain I this up then. Yeah, I just made it up then. But I, see in here if I if I go to my contents um, <laughs> at the front and I turn to page what have we got here school planning 26, 27. No lesson planning 24, 25. So I plan these are all my lessons so I can look back over the last. 16 days, 17, 18, and I can see what lesson I had, what I taught. Um, and I know people have planners, but this is just a simple system that I can make it look how I want, the way I want. I'm not locked into anything because you've got the little dots to guide your grids and stuff like that. You can set it up any way you want, have all my collections in there, have my client pages, my businesses, my brands, everything in there with their to-do lists and stuff like that. I, it's awesome. 
Yeah, looks good, mate. It works for you. So, yeah. I'd uh, if you if you do have trouble, sort of. So I, I remember when I used to plan my lessons for school and meetings and to-do lists, I had all these just big, it was like a really big, I think that's what they gave us, and it, was, it didn't work. There was, like the days didn't flow for me. Yep. So um, I'm a big, I like writing things out, but then I'd have a heap of loose leaf yep. paper everywhere. So um, that could be, yeah, another option. I think the emphasis on track your past, order your present, plan your futures is the perfect description. Yep. Is you're planning your future every night, you're ordering your present every day, and then you have your past sitting there. Um, so you can always go back and, yeah. and check it up and yeah. um, see how you're going with things. Mm, I like that. Um, my last one, Carlos, is I know, again, you, people listening are like, we've read a lot of the same books. And um, I, as I said before, I do have a book club, but uh, I also speak every day to Carl and Jared Robinson, and we always share books. Um, and I think doing that, we're not an official group, but we probably keep each other accountable and we all go through quite a lot of books. So um, I know the last one, I told you to listen to this again, uh, David Goggins. I don't know if people have heard of David Goggins. He was um, a Navy SEAL. Um, he started doing a lot of running, but <clears throat> sorry, his upbringing was horrific, like nearly nearly really hard listening to. Some people, people would have heard his podcast where yeah. he goes and he guests on podcasts. Yeah. He doesn't go onto it like he tell, he explains. Not like childhood, the book. Not like the book. Yeah. So you might go, yeah, yeah, I've listened to David Goggins. Yeah, I've heard him on a podcast. Nothing. Read the book. Yeah, and I, do you know what? I I didn't like the way it was narrated. I didn't like uh, the just. I don't know. There's a lot of swearing, and I know that's him and um, everything about it. But his story and his dedication, and and the way he talks about setting his mind and just pushing through excruciating pain, and just the the most crazy things I've ever heard. I've never I've, I've never experienced anything like that book. So for me, that book was just. I really struggled to put it down because I was like, can this guy get any crazier or can he do anything more insane? Um, and it, it just kept going and going and going. And, um, yeah, I know that Jess was um, your lovely wife, really struggled at the start just because. Yeah, she came home. She came home like through the, it's almost through her iPhone at me going, why would you make me listen to this rubbish? Yeah, and like, oh, because it just. Dad told me to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, can, I said, look, just. You got to get through that. It was challenging. It was to get through that part, yeah. but she that really upset her. Yeah, mm. and and I'm sure it'll upset other people as well. But uh, the payoff uh, is massive. Yeah, yeah, and I know you really enjoyed it as well. Mm. I I um I shared a, a lovely lunch on the beach with a colleague of mine who was down from Auckland, and he we got talking about mental health, particularly in males. Yep, and uh, something that I actually haven't shared with many people. I read a lot of books. I think of, well, people would say I don't read. I listen to a lot of books. They would yep. call that reading. But that's, again, if you want to listen to other people, yeah, you're taking yeah. in the content. Yep. Everyone's so entitled to their own exactly. So I've, I think I've read 90-odd books in the last 18 months. Yep. And so what I started doing this year is uh, each month I will one of those books that I read if it made me think about a particular person, I buy them that book and I write them a note and I send it to them or give it to them. And this one person, uh, we, we were having this on Island Bay um, at Spruce Goose. Uh, beautiful. Have you been there? Have you been there? I don't think you have. Right by the runway. The beautiful, calm morning. It was about 
8.30 a.m., picked him up from the airport, went straight to breakfast, and we got talking about mental health, and particularly in, in middle-aged men, 30 to 40 years old, and yeah. now there's not a lot of support out there. And David Goggins talks a lot about mental health and some of the challenges that he faced as a young man, in particular as a boy. Um, and so we had this amazing breakfast, and I ended up after that, I, he just I, I recommended the book to him because he was – what you're doing with the book club, he started a similar thing with a group of men where they would just meet up every second week and it was just about being men and getting together. Yeah. And there was no there was no sit down and let's have a reflection or there was no religious religious or spiritual component. It was just men get together, go play some golf, go fish. But it was very apparent that they were focused on it was about a mental health thing. It was about getting away. It was about enjoying the company of other men, like-minded men. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of men sit there in isolation and battle with whatever demons they have. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, that's just a story that I thought I'd share alongside that. So I, I gifted him this book, and I hope he's read it. I haven't followed up with him yet, but it's a, a man powerful book. Yeah, really Real powerful. powerful. And, and I think while we're just talking about that, just I think you do need to I know it sounds silly but uh, people's lives are crazy they're so busy that you do physically need to set up things I remember when I was telling people oh, I've got a book club this week and they're like well, what do you mean you're, you're 34 year old male and you're doing a book club I said yeah we are and I picked a really bizarre book one that I probably wouldn't even read and it was really we sat down and the four of us we all had different takes on the book and why we and they, everyone thought I picked it for a certain reason. I didn't. I just picked it because it's probably a book I wouldn't read. Was, uh, the book was called Wild by Cheryl Strait. I don't know if you've heard of it. She goes off hiking this PCT in uh, like all these ranges through America and anyway by herself. Like no one ever does it. And um, yeah, it's it's really funny. Like just the more you start talking, um, we had something to talk about. And I think when you're talking about mental health and men don't share, it's because they don't know where to start and people don't know the questions asked, but there's no right or wrong question. Once you start talking, that's when you allow it to happen. You allow people to slowly break down, feel comfortable and share things. And we spoke about some of the most in-depth things ever at this book club, just because this book, we use it, as a tool just to have discussion and just got us talking. Mm. As I said, without being at a pub, playing golf or somewhere, just talking about nothing. We had an agenda and we just started talking, 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 and we talked all night and it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper and it was really nice. Um, So, yeah, if you are, particularly, as I said, we're both in that bracket you just mentioned that, you know, you you always, you, you, you need to make excuses for that time, for yourself. And that's what the book club's been for me. Well, you recently had an amazing podcast with your father where mm. he talked a lot yeah. about the power of that, of getting together in a group and just being able to talk about yeah. whatever. That was, uh, if, you, if you are interested, that was episode 150 on my energetic uh, radio podcast. And uh, just a little story about it. So growing up, uh, when Dad was 12, his old man shot himself in the head with a gun. Um, and so Dad was had to leave leave school and him and his three brothers ran a, a piggery of 6, 000, uh, 600 pigs, huge farm. Anyway, and Dad goes on, like the morning of his old man's funeral, he had to get up, milk the cows, and cows as well. Then he went to the funeral. They were all at the wake. Him and his brothers had to go 
do the cows again, feed the pigs, everything like that. And they just, life went on, but his dad wasn't there. And um, growing up as a kid, uh, dad used alcohol a lot and things like that. And um, we had a few falling outs. We really only had sort of sport and lucky I was not bad at sport, that that was sort of our thing together. But I always thought that he wasn't dealing with his issues um, that he had with his dad and, and and growing up and things like that. But he actually was, and he was doing this thing called men's group where he did it for 24 years or something like that. Um, he was going and sharing his story each time and helping out other people. But I never knew that because we didn't talk about it. Um, and anyway, what in the end, um, I wanted to do something that really scared the absolute crap out of me. So getting dad on and myself to talk about it at the same time, like I've never been so nervous. We're both crying. Um, and it's just a really powerful thing that, you know, if we had a, you know, spoke more or, you know, talk about things, um, it's just a little bit misunderstood. And I'm never closer to a man in my life than I am to my dad now. And I, I love him greatly, but um, it's, yeah, um, the feedback that we got from that has been insane. We've got 20 or 30 emails and voicemails and uh, and people sharing their story. So everyone's got a story, Carl, you know, and it's like we're not allowed to talk about it. Um, and what I found was, yeah, Dad and myself are so vulnerable. I've never been so open and sharing like that, and it's really helped other people. So the more we talk, the more we share, the, you know, slowly getting that, you know, because mental health is only going to get worse. Now we're talking about more. It's in the limelight. People are coming out more that would normally sit in silence and you wouldn't know. So, yes, the stats are bad, but it's also a good thing because it's being aware of what's going on. So, um, yeah, if you if you want to listen to that, it's, it's about a half an hour chat and it's pretty raw and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's something that when we finished, we, we hugged and we cried and I'll get a bit emotional now, but it was – yeah, it's pretty special. I liked it, mate. I liked yeah. it. I, uh, I I had a listen to it, and I I really enjoyed hearing your dad and him sharing his story. So yeah. uh, thanks for bringing us that that nice. episode. It was really good. But definitely check it out. Um, episode 150, yeah. and I'll put a link in the show notes as well. So that was yeah, a really good book. Um, David Goggins, amazing, amazing yeah. character. Achieved a lot in life. Um, I my best book part out of that book was when he uh, just decided to do his first like ultra ultra run and he was leaving work and one of the because he was a Navy SEAL right was he Navy SEAL yeah the dude was like come for a workout and yeah. then he slammed out big deadlifts and then he was like oh I'm just off to run up 100 100 and he turned up with um uh, the equivalent New Zealand equivalent of um, a box of snacks crackers yeah. it's a ritzy disconnect and, no, and he had four uh, four pack of myoplex which is a protein shake and that's yeah. all he had runners he had like army boots yeah. oh my god it's that's what I mean you could so many different things in that book was crazy yeah. yeah but I suppose the big thing if you take anything away from this episode is that get audible or just go on there and get it for a free month. I mean, this isn't a sponsored thing or anything. No. Um, it's changed the way I listen and read books, and it's been insane. Um, just try it. Try one of those. Get I Will Always Write Back. Yeah. Do that. That's probably out of everyone just mentioned it's an it. entertaining listen. To yeah, it's, it's sensational. So yeah. that, that would be my tip if you're going to take anything away from our chat today. Yeah. Um, that would be it. So, yeah. Dale's trying to wrap it up, but I've got one more book. He's tired. Oh, sorry. I thought, <laughs> thought we were having, <laughs> no, having three. You've got two. I've got three. Oh. My last book, he's, try, he's trying to get to sleep. He's, <laughs> he's got his, his head in his hand right now. Like he, he 
Um, so, and you've read this book too, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Yep. And, um, and and I'll only speak short on this, but um, this was really kind of my first introduction to a kind of a philosophical look at life. And it's about a young boy and he's trying to find his personal legend or try to determine what his purpose is in life. Um, it's a really easy read. This was another book I gifted to somebody who's it's in like five or six hours. Like it's a yeah, it's not a it's a really small book in the yeah. scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a it was a lovely book, and I, I gifted this book too to a person who's had a really interesting journey. Um, and it is kind of a journey of this boy discovering uh, his his personal legend or his journey or his purpose in life. Um, and it just gets you thinking about what is available to you paying attention to the things that happen to you during life and how they can guide you down different roads. And actually when you go through this journey and you think you're at the end, it's actually, you haven't achieved what you thought you set out to get, but you've gone down a completely different path. Yeah. Um, it, it is one of the, one of the best books of all time. I think yeah. it's like the top hundred books of all time. I think you speak to most, I guess people listening to this yeah. would have read it. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked it and it just got me thinking about life in general mm. and um, I, I've read a couple of philosophy books since then and also part of my morning routine is listening to a short five minute podcast oh, yeah, yeah, yep. yep, around just thinking about um, what it means, what life is about, what what is your purpose, why you're here, things like that and just kind of contemplating those things, which I think is, is pretty powerful. And I, I thought that book was really nice. I know you rate it. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I just loved, for me, that things aren't don't always pan out how you want them to, but make the best of that situation. And that's – I can't remember the, the uh, character's name off the top of my head. But I think it was Santiago. Uh, something like, – I, I can't remember. But um, every situation, it, it wasn't what he thought it would be, but he made it into a positive. Mm. And that's what I liked about it, mm. that you don't know that that's going to be your purpose. In, and if, you, if you're like, no, that's not where I'm going, you're shutting off so many opportunities – so my thing, and I, I live by this, I know you do too, that all right, that's where we're going. How can I make it a positive experience? And for me, that's what I got out of the book. And um, I could listen to or read so many self-help books, but I get a bit over that. Whereas if it's a story, if you're telling me a story, Carlos, I can't stop listening. And that's why we've always right back or David Goggins or Delivering Happiness, all the alchemists, I loved it mm. because it sucked me in. And the mm. power of story, like, I don't know if you want to mention that book, but the, the story brand that you've just been reading, yeah. that um, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you need to build a story, your narrative about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a, it's a fascinating book uh, I'm reading at the moment called uh, Build Your Story Brand, and it, it describes how every movie uh, follows the same exact formula. There's a character, there is, um, there is a villain, there is a guide, there is a transformation that is overcome uh, because of this guide, and it's the same formula regardless of the genre, regardless of the type of movie, anything, and so it's about... Um, putting this uh, the story brand together to assemble to um, whether you're selling a product or building, crafting a story or even building a lesson for your students. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. And it's got me thinking a lot about the power of narrative. And I talk a lot about that in my workshops around gamification. Um, it's just story is, is so powerful. Well, that's, I think, the beauty. I think good teaching in storytelling. 
And that's if you can tell a story about whatever you're trying to get across, the kids are going to remember it. They're going to be engaged. They're going to take it. They're going to buy in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I got out of it. I've read, I've, I've read that book as well. And I read that a couple of years ago um, because I was trying to figure out how to become a better storyteller. Mm-hmm. And for me, life is about a narrative and it's just how you get the right story for the right time. And I think, you, as I said before, if you can tell me a story, I'll listen. And yeah. it's the same with our lesson. So particularly teachers, if you can even – I make them up all the time, but tell a story about what you want and then the mission is to do this or, you know, like it, it works. And I, I really love the metaphor and how it's structured. Um, yeah, so that's a – I know we're just going on more books here. but No, uh, no, but we can – we can get back to you were trying to wrap up the episode in the before. Back to those key points. So key takeaways uh, from this episode is I will always write back. If you jump along to Audible, you can get the book for free. Yep. You will not regret listening to that book. You won't. I mean, it's seriously the best book. Yep. You Like, if you've got a better one, email Carl and myself because I'd love to read it. Like, that's how good I think that book is. Yep, yep definitely. Second takeaway is to sign up for Audible. Um, and you know, give it a go for three months. They even have quite a few deals. Um, you can get a couple of free credits. Yeah. Uh, amazing service. Um, I, I subscribe to it. I've been a member for almost three years now. I, I love it. I think it's really good. Third takeaway. I'm trying to think what it was. I, I had a tip of my tongue. I'll maybe check out the book list that I'll, that I'll post as well. Um, where we, where I put together some summaries of some books and link them to education uh and i i think if, if you're not reading um i want to say shame on you but i won't but just pick up a book mm. oh that was going to be another another action like books are expensive in new zealand i don't know what they are in aussie but uh, in new zealand they're 30 to 40 bucks a yeah, pop buy them on ebay they're a little bit cheaper but it's still library go go uh, yeah. go to a library very undervalued or yeah. or if renting stuff isn't your thing i bet all that sometimes I like to own things, um, but Kindle, but get a cheap Kindle off Trade Me, brings the cost of a book down to twelve bucks, yeah, um, and it's yours, and you can flick through it. It's not as nice, and you don't get these soft touch oh, matte books with makeup. Oh, we're too. going back to the bullet book again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, hey, um, thanks, thanks for sitting down. Uh, I know it's been a long day. You've been up. What's eight, four, six? You've been up eighteen hours now on the trot. Mm. You slept in the plane a little bit. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, I appreciate having you on the show once a year. We usually do this once or yeah. twice a year. Yeah, we came last time and we did a workshop together. We spoke. Uh, we did a, a Christchurch. Yeah. Oh no, we did the first one. We did a vlog in yeah. Auckland, and then we did a, a podcast episode in Christchurch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next three days with you. And yeah. Watching and learning and contributing to some of the awesomeness that you have. Um, but this has been a really good. Uh, recap and you give me some good ideas book club I think that's yeah, fascinating I, you know what like is I, I don't know where I got the idea from or what it was but it's been really cool um, we actually read another book uh, one of the guys picked it is Bruce Springsteen's autobiography and it was literally the worst book so I was chewing through it to get it done. It was 18 hours, Bruce. And it wasn't, there was, it just telling his, I was so boring. And then I go, boys, I'm done. And the other goes, oh, they'd done like one hour through it. I'm like, what? Like literally was the worst thing ever. So, um, yeah, when I get back from obviously this New Zealand trip, we've got one and it was a book you recommended, uh, Red Notice. 
um, oh. which is a crazy I thing. thought it was that movie that, you know, when I saw the Red Notice, The Rock is yeah. starring in a movie, Red Notice, but it's completely different. Oh, I thought it? it was the book being oh, into a movie. It's, it's a crazy story anyway, oh. but there's another one. That's what I mean. Like, we right. like talk ideas. Shoe Dog. Yeah. Um, it's the, the player's ball that mm-hmm. we've both just read. Oh, there's so many amazing one, books uh, out there. American Kingpin about um, yes. how the Silk Road was introduced. Yes. And wow. that's what I mean. Like, I just think it's they're so much better than movies. Yeah. And you actually get this in your head. This yeah, you, you actually see it yourself. And I, I know we talk this, but imagination is the best thing you've ever got. And when you've got someone else reading it to you, you can really focus on feeling like you're a part of it or that you are watching your own story and how that's paying out what they look like yourself you're figuring it out i love it okay let's finish on this can you remember the two keys to life two keys to life is be good to your mum <laughs> no keys to your life is uh read yep uh will smith uh read because there's nothing that you can experience in life that hasn't been experienced there before. was one before that, that book run run see i do listen is when you can overcome that little man in your head telling you to stop you can achieve it. got it i'm pretty happy with that you put right. up the spot there i normally take notes but <laughs> a little bit tired <laughs> right. thanks for that Carlos, good man